You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show as we get ready for the weekend. It's a big weekend for Tennessee's basketball team. The Vols will be in Memphis on Saturday afternoon, actually in the morning there in Memphis as it's a noon tip-off between the Vols and Tigers Eastern Time. That's 11 a.m. out there in Memphis. We'll get some basketball talk in on today's show. In segment number two, John Martin from The Athletic. He covers Memphis, is going to stop by. He's on the radio there each day. Get some of his thoughts on this rivalry and also Look back at that game 10 years ago when Tennessee and Memphis played in that one versus two matchup. Tennessee got the win to move up just for a few days to number one in the country. But what a game that was. So we'll, we'll talk about the return of this rivalry on the court and that game 10 years ago. Uh, that's coming up in segment number two. Here in the first segment, there is an update somewhat to Tennessee's search for an offensive coordinator. The update is that there's probably not going to be much of a change for the next few days. But I'll get to that coming up in the first segment and then wrap things up in the third segment with some notes around Tennessee's football team and honor for one of Tennessee's football players on Thursday and some recruits to pay attention to visiting Knoxville this weekend ahead of Wednesday signing day. That's all right here on Locked on Vols, your team every day, five days a week, available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, the third-party apps. If you have time to rate and review the show, please do. It's a big help to Locked on Vols. So Tennessee's offensive coordinator search, is it two and a half weeks at this point? You're probably tired of me talking about it or at least tired of the waiting game. I know a lot of Tennessee fans are just saying, Let me know when you have an offense coordinator to tell us about. And I get it. But Austin Price of VolQuest.com on Thursday wrote that he does not expect an offensive coordinator to be hired before the early signing period, which is next Wednesday through Friday. So the thought that you want to get an offensive coordinator in place before the early signing period so you can tell recruits who the OC is going to be, that is not in the plans for Jeremy Pruitt, according to Austin Price. Now, maybe something could change there, but I do think a big part of it is making sure you get the right hire while also making sure you take care of recruiting. I don't think that there's really been a negative impact on the recruiting class because there's no offense coordinator in place. And Tennessee's coaching staff has spent so much time and energy trying to close out the early portion of this signing class. I think that's taken up a lot of the time for Jeremy Pruitt. But on Sports 180 on WNML in Knoxville on Thursday, I asked Austin Price of AllQuest, why does he think an offensive coordinator has not been hired yet by Jeremy Pruitt? Here's what Austin said. Well, clearly uh, Coach Pruitt's not found uh, the right man yet. And, uh, you know, I know Doug Matthews put out last week that it's 95% done. Um, you know, and maybe it is. I don't have anybody telling me that. Um, you know, I know Coach Pruitt has talked to you know several candidates, you know four of which that he's at least at least four that he's interviewed in person, and I think, I think he's talked to several more uh, on the telephone, Josh. And you know, right now he he very much is in grind mode for this 2019 class, and uh, I think he feels like that is way more important than, than you know spending a lot of time on this offensive coordinator hire because you know to this point it's not really hurt him with any recruits. I'm not sure it really will. I mean. You know, you may try to add a second quarterback, and Tennessee's obviously tried to swing it to his little brother Talia uh, all fall. I mean, you know, a guy like that, it may have an effect on, but, you know, other players offensively, Darnell Wright, Eric Gray, um, I I don't see that, you know, being a deterrent from them picking Tennessee uh, if they choose to pick Tennessee. And so, 
Um, I, I think that right now he's more just in grind mode and trying to fill out this class and get everybody signed early as many as he can over uh, you know, trying to figure out who is going to be calling plays offensively for next year. What is important to Jeremy Pruitt, do you think, in this hire for the offense coordinator? I think the fit is, is really big. Uh, I don't think Tyson Helton just ever, you know, fit. And, you know, fortunately for, for Coach Pruitt, you know, he, uh, I had this in the story, he loves to play golf. He gets a mulligan, Josh. Um, you know, and uh, some people are like, don't understand what mulligan means. The mulligan means the do-over for Tyson Helton hire. He, 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 you know, that, that did not go uh, like he had hoped. They, they weren't, you know, a, really a cohesive unit on offense last year. Uh, play calling was suspect at times. Uh, you know, I mean, the fans were, you know, very much not happy with the fact that Tennessee ran and ran and ran on first down. And so, you know, they need to find a guy that's creative, but ultimately I think fit this staff. And then, too, Coach Pruitt was a, a, a very much a big recruiter, uh, a key recruiter for Alabama, for Georgia, for Florida State, and his other stops at the coordinator position. And in, in my mind, Coach Pruitt wants to find a, a coordinator that, you know, isn't always just worried about game planning. He's also worried about recruiting and the future of the program. So recruiting will be the focus for Tennessee's coaching staff over the next few days as the signing period will begin next Wednesday. There is not much time left. So that'll be a lot of the energy Jeremy Pruitt will be putting in. And, and that makes sense if you haven't gotten a coach hired yet and this upcoming weekend you're hosting visitors officially, unofficially. Uh, this is going to be a weekend where Tennessee is going to be all in in recruiting one thing we know is that Eli Drinkwitz is not going to be the offense coordinator I don't think there was an expectation that he would but we found out here over the last couple of days that Eli Drinkwitz is leaving NC State to be the head coach at Appalachian State Drinkwitz's name had been connected to the Tennessee OC job here in the last couple of weeks as he's done a nice job there in Raleigh with NC State's offense coordinator position, but uh, now he's the head coach at Appalachian State. So a lot of the last couple of weeks have been about crossing off college names. Dan Enos came off the board. Obviously, Hugh Freeze didn't work out. There's no reason to believe Kendall Bryles is going to be the guy. And as the last week has passed, it's kind of difficult to believe Mike Yursich from Oklahoma State is the guy. He still could be. I just don't know why you would wait a couple of weeks to make him the offensive coordinator after visiting with him late last week. So we'll see how it plays out. Is it definitely a college guy? Who knows? Maybe it could be somebody in the NFL ranks. If you're waiting until after next week, well, after next week, you're in the final week of the NFL regular season. So that becomes maybe more possible. I think a lot of people are playing the guessing game. I think there's a lot of shoulder shrugging going on right now. And that might be the case with Jeremy Pruitt. Maybe not. Maybe he has the hire done and it's just a matter of waiting to announce it here in another week or longer. But if that's the case, you kind of scratch your head and ask why. So I'd say that he probably wants to talk to some more people before making a final decision. And if that's the case, I think that makes sense. It's all about getting the right hire. Tennessee doesn't have a game coming up. You have plenty of time to get everything in with your offense. Making a hire today versus making a hire next Thursday or Friday really doesn't make any kind of difference, I don't think. So make sure you get the right hire because this is about the next few years at Tennessee, not what happens over the next couple of weeks. Coming up in the next segment of Locked on Vols, we shift to basketball. Tennessee gets ready for Memphis on Saturday. 
This is a game where Tennessee is expected to win, but it is nice to see this rivalry back on the court. So John Martin of The Athletic and 92.9 ESPN Radio in Memphis is going to stop by and talk about the return of the game and tell you a few things you need to know about Memphis before the Vols play the Tigers coming up on Saturday. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Vols, your team every day. And I want to tell you about Sling TV. Sling TV has a great opportunity for you right now with their free trial. At Sling TV, you don't deal with the useless channels that you don't want in your lineup. You want to watch college football? You want to watch college basketball? Get ESPN, the SEC, the Pac-12, and more for only $30 a month at Sling TV. Also with Sling TV, you don't deal with long-term contracts. There are no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time. Go to sling.com slash locked on and sign up for a seven-day free trial. You want to try it out for yourself? Check out sling.com slash locked on. That gets you a seven-day free trial to try it out. Sling.com slash locked on. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I want to welcome to the show now John Martin from The Athletic. Go on there and read his oral history of the Tennessee-Memphis game, number one versus number two from 10 years ago. John, I really appreciate the time. Are you excited to see this rivalry back on the court, to see these two teams, Tennessee and Memphis, go up against each other this weekend? No doubt, man. You know, rivalries in college basketball are just they're, – they're hard to uh, – they're hard to come by. There aren't many. I mean, you know Duke and Carolina, and you know Kentucky and Louisville, but, you know, you kind of get past those, and, and, and there aren't many, you know, um, especially when you're talking about non-conference rivalries. So I, I really do believe that this is a – you know, this is one of those, you know, last of a dying breed type of series, and, and I'm glad that – you know, listen, I, I know Tennessee always wanted to play the game, and there was a little bit of stubbornness on the part of Memphis when it came to this game. And I, and I think you guys understand, you know, that they're trying to get big-time football opponents. And uh, and so they're using what little leverage they have to do that. And, you know, that, that, that uh, obviously never came to fruition. But, you know, I'm glad that everybody kind of wisened up and, and, and decided, you know, that this game was worthwhile. Because it is. And it's, it's produced some classic games and some classic moments. And, uh you know, I just think that, you know, it's not like Tennessee is a is, is by any stretch a historically bad basketball program. Memphis has been in much worse shape than they have, you know, over the last five years. So now that Rick has it really, uh, seems like he's really got it going this year, certainly, and then he's got a five-star kid coming in next year. You know, I, I really do believe that, you know, when these programs are healthy and where they're supposed to be, it's, it's one of the all-time great non-conference basketball games for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, talking to John Martin, the athletic at 929 uh, ESPN there in uh, in Memphis. So but before we get to what this could be in the future, what should we know about Memphis's basketball team right now? It's year one with Penny Hardaway as the head coach. What, what is Tennessee going up against this weekend? Uh, they're going up against a roster that, um, you know, was not Penny's pick, right? <laughs> I mean, these were not players that, uh, that Penny handpicked by any stretch of the imagination. They are players he inherited and um, and, and listen, some of them have, have played well this year. 
Um, but this is in no, in, in no way, shape, or form, you know, the final product at Memphis. This is very much a, a transition team. Um, that, that is exciting, and it's been fun to watch, and has gotten some nice wins this year. They just beat South Dakota State at home, which, you know, I know they're not a name brand necessarily, but, you know, that was an NCAA tournament team last year, and, you know, they just beat some. They were up on some team by, like, 70 and half the other day. So, like, they're, they're a decent team, but, you know, they're, they're limited. You know, they're young, and, and, and they're, they don't have any top 50 players on this roster. They don't have any real true bigs right now. You know, they've got six, seven guys who are, you know, who are having to play bigger than – than they actually are, and so they're scrappy, you know. And Tyler Harris has certainly come in, the five nine uh, freshman, uh, come in and, and he's shooting forty percent from the field from three, um, and he's you know and he's leading the team in scoring. But listen, this is a limited team, and you know it's it's certainly not uh, it's certainly not what they hope the, the the future looks like for Memphis basketball. Have you been able to see much of Tennessee early on this season? Obviously, they've played in a few high profile games, and, and does anything stand out to you from that? within this matchup between Tennessee and Memphis? Yeah, I mean, they're awesome. I mean, they're monsters. I mean, they don't have many weaknesses, it feels like. Um, and, and honestly, they present such a, such a challenge uh, for, for this Memphis team, and honestly, for, every, for almost every team in college basketball, to be honest, with that front line of uh, Schofield and, and, and Grant Williams there. I just don't know many teams in the country who can go head-to-head head head with those two. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're awesome. They're an awesome basketball team. They're number three in the country for a reason. Very, very easily could be undefeated right now. Very easily could be number one in the country right now. So they're an awesome basketball team, much more experienced than Memphis, much more talented than Memphis, much bigger than Memphis. So they, they've got every box checked when it, you know, I mean, again, against most teams in the country, but certainly against Memphis on Saturday, you know, it's gonna it's gonna have to be a, a situation for Memphis where it's Tyler Harris going off for thirty five and, and even that might not be enough. But yeah, I mean Tennessee has looked every bit the part, you know, of a of a legitimate final four contender, you know, ten games or so through the season without a doubt. John Martin writes about Memphis for the Athletic. He's on the radio on ninety two nine ESPN in Memphis. Uh, and you wrote for the Athletic about the uh, the game from 10 years ago is one versus two. You wrote about, uh, the, or you did the oral history there. Was there a, a story or was there a quote that was your favorite looking back? Because you had a lot of personality to uh, to talk to from that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the idea, right? Like when you put together an oral history like that, you better pray to God your your your, your characters are interesting. Otherwise, it's not going to be a good piece. And thankfully, uh, man, you know, it was striking to me how much and how vividly everybody involved kind of remembered it. It was funny, like, you know, Bruce Bruce Pearl, who obviously was a former coach there, he, he remembers Memphis coming out and playing well. And uh, and Antonio Anderson and Supreme Bay, who once upon a time was known as Chris Douglas Roberts, um, they remember coming out and playing poorly. You know, I thought that was kind of interesting, just the, the you know, the, the different perspectives. But, no, I mean, Steve Forbes saying that uh, he had somebody tell him that Viagra lasted longer than their number one rank. <laughs> you know, Supreme Bay said, uh, Supreme Bay said that they had a rule – and that rule was uh, don't bring your girlfriend to the game because uh, we're going to beat you by 30 and it's going to be a long night. So it, it was a terrific piece. And honestly, that, that's just, you know, that's one of those games that transcends the outcome, in my opinion. You know, whether Memphis would have won or, you know, t- you know whatever, whatever the outcome would have been, I just think you have to look back on it and appreciate just all the things that had to conspire to happen for that to be possible. I mean, for – you know, for Memphis to be undefeated, for Tennessee to be the number two team in the country, for those coaches and John Calipari and Bruce Pearl to, you know, really not like each other and not mind hiding. You know, they, they didn't care about 
who knew, you know, and, and the way they sold that game, you know, for Derrick Rose to be at Memphis, you know, for all of these things that conspire um, and, and that game to be a night game on ESPN, you know, you just have to cherish that, whether you're on the winning team or the, or the other side. So, you know, that was the most fun for me is just, you know, going back down that road and, and remembering a stage at a moment for both of those programs that, frankly, you know, may never happen again. Yeah, and and you know what? It doesn't have to be number one versus number two. Isn't that game, though, and that's an example of what you're saying there of why this series should continue, especially if you have somebody like Penny Hardaway who's high profile, and if he's able to have success there, uh, maybe that can bring some of that personality back out. Tennessee shows uh, – I, I don't think Tennessee hides from anything. They're pretty open with the players and their media policies. If, if you can have two programs that are playing at a high level and you can get back to maybe a little sports hatred, East versus West in the, in the uh, state of Tennessee – then uh, th- that can be something that's good for Tennessee and Memphis, but also college basketball. Oh, oh, absolutely, man. I mean, I, I don't think it has to be one versus two to be a worthwhile series or worthy series. I mean, I think next year you're talking about that game going to Knoxville. Very, very easily could see both of those teams being ranked. You know, I know uh, obviously Tennessee is going to lose Admiral Schofield, and we'll see what happens with Grant Williams in the NBA, though. I really would expect them to come back. Memphis is bringing in James Wise and DJ Jeffries. you got to think they'll be ranked in preseason. So as long as they don't botch that, you know, with with, uh, with Tennessee bringing in, you know, Josiah James, really no reason to think necessarily that that can't be a top 25 matchup next year in Knoxville. So as non-conference games go, it gets harder and harder to schedule those in this day and age. You know, there's no question. This is definitely one of the best for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, go check out his work, theathletic.com. You can read that oral history on number one versus number two from a decade ago, Memphis versus Tennessee. John, I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Yeah, man, anytime. Talk to you guys soon. Appreciate John Martin taking a few minutes to talk about the game coming up this weekend. I looked at uh, KenPalm.com's score projection, and he has Tennessee by 10 points over Memphis. This is one that Tennessee should win, but I don't think it'll be an easy environment for Tennessee to go play in. Memphis is going to be ready. The players will be excited, but Tennessee is the better basketball team, no doubt. Memphis ranks outside the top 100 in Ken Palm's rankings right now, and it's year one. And as John said, this is a roster that Penny Hardaway is trying to change moving forward and next year there will be more talent on the Tigers roster but there will be an excitement level going into this game that'll have Memphis ready to play and Tennessee needs to be ready to play as well one question around Tennessee is when will Lamonte Turner be ready well according to Rick Barnes it's kind of up to Lamonte and I think there's a mental hurdle for him to go over to believe that he's ready to go out there and play at the highest level possible as he still is trying to come back from that shoulder injury. So Lamonte, as the season goes along, is going to be really important for what Tennessee wants to do offensively. Let's see when he's able to get back. And it is still just mid-December. There's a long way to go before you get to the NCAA tournament. But going through SEC play, Tennessee's going to try to win another SEC title. It will probably need Lamonte Turner. Jalen Johnson is a guy who can come in off the bench. Of course, Jordan Bowden is playing an important role for Tennessee as a reserve, but Lamonte is going to be needed for Tennessee. He can hit big shots. He can help spread the floor with what Tennessee is doing because of his long range on his jump shot. But if Lamonte's out there and he's not effective, well, it can be a problem for Tennessee's offense. So he needs to be back and he needs to be at 100% mentally believe that he's 100%. That's something to monitor coming up as well with Tennessee's basketball team. Coming up in the final segment of Locked on Vols, a look at some recruits who will be on campus this weekend. It's the final weekend before the early signing day, and one of Tennessee's football players received a national honor on Thursday. I'll tell you about that 
right here on Locked On Vols. Your team every day, and I have a message for guys out there. Guys can sometimes put things off when it comes to health, whether it's back pain or knee issues, and the same can be true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED do not get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. And with Roman, you don't have to deal with waiting rooms. There are no awkward face-to-face conversations or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com locked, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and then you get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. So for a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com locked. That's GetRoman.com locked for a free online visit. So here in the final segment, uh, a few recruiting notes for you on guys that are planning to visit Tennessee this upcoming weekend. Before that, I think one positive from Tennessee's 2018 season would have to be Joe Doyle. The redshirt freshman punter for Tennessee did a really nice job having to replace Trevor Daniel, who had been one of Tennessee's best and most reliable players the previous three seasons. Joe was named a USA Today freshman All-American on Thursday for his performance this past season with Tennessee. Joe led the SEC in total punting yards, which I know might not sound like a positive stat. You don't want the most punting yards necessarily in the SEC. He did have the most punt attempts, I should point out. But he also was tied for second in the conference with 23 punts inside the 20. Joe also allowed only eight returns for a total of 15 yards all season. That was the fewest by any full-time punter in the SEC. So it was a really good year for Joe Doyle. That was a question mark going into the season How would Tennessee be at the punter position? And I think that question was answered this past season. It was a really nice season for Joe, who is a Knoxville native from Farragut High School, and that is something to build on, I think, for Tennessee special teams moving forward with him having three years of eligibility remaining. One other stat I saw from UT, Joe's 41.1-yard average ranked second among all Power 5 freshman punters. So a really nice season for Joe, and I'd say a deserved honor with the USA Today Freshman All-America spot. So Tennessee is looking for more players to fill spots in the 2019 class, and a part of the focus for that will be this weekend. With several players visiting, notable guys who have decisions to make who are planning to visit this weekend include running back Noah Kane, a four-star running back from IMG Academy. Let's see if Tennessee can make up some ground, as I think Tennessee is behind in the race for Kane, but getting him on campus can at least give Tennessee a shot. Defensive end Nick Figueroa from junior college out in California is scheduled to be here this weekend. It's Tennessee trying to beat out USC and UCLA for his services. And then Baylor commit Jalen Ellis is one of the top wide receivers on Tennessee's board. Maybe among the realistic options, he's number one. Jaden Hazelwood would be right up there as well. But Jalen Ellis is scheduled to visit this weekend. Michigan is there on his list as well. He has several schools that have been after him while he's also remained committed to Baylor. So Ellis, Figueroa, Kane, Wanya Morris is planning to come up unofficially, and several Tennessee commits will be here officially this upcoming weekend, a lot of them before they arrive on campus in a few weeks. Next Wednesday is the early signing day. We'll see what happens with players visiting Tennessee, if Tennessee can make up some ground with a few of those guys. 
as they try to close strong next weekend. Also, there's a good chance Eric Gray makes another trip over to Knoxville unofficially as he's coming over from Memphis. And Tennessee, I think, is the team to beat for running back Eric Gray, a former Michigan commit. So it's a big weekend coming up for Tennessee football and Tennessee basketball. I'll be back on Monday to talk all about it right here on Locked On Vols. Your team every day. Spread the word. And if you have time to rate and review the show on iTunes, that would be a big help as well. I'm on Twitter, at Josh underscore Ward. Send me a message, a question or comment for the show anytime you like. Enjoy your upcoming weekend. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on Monday. Monday.